Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 126 of NerdPod Generations. As always, I am one of your illustrious hosts, Steve Taylor, along with the lovely Al Jotsam. Hello, sir. Hello, friends and Freshly enemies. cleaned. Yes, fresh yes. out of the shower after a workout. Had a nice little workout this morning, trying to be a good boy. Took your dog to the park, got him nice and filthy. Yeah. Oh, boy, did oh, he ever those pictures get were, yeah. Yes, yes. He's a dirty dog. He's a, he had a great time. Good. He had a great time playing with a lot of other big dogs. Which is always good. And uh, it was kind of like watching your kid play football for the first time. Yeah. And he just keeps on getting blindsided by some of these bigger dogs. And I'm like, okay, watch your, watch your back end, watch your six. Okay, and, and roll out because they are going to be much stronger than mm-hmm. you. Uh, so you just got to keep moving because that's the only way you're going to survive. And I was thinking about when you were when you were talking about that and showing um, when you posted this stuff on Instagram. Pippin has BDE, but the D doesn't stand for what it normally stands for. He has big dog energy. Oh yeah, like he's not a big dog, but I could see him roughhousing like oh yeah perfectly well with dog oh, three times the size. We were talking about that yesterday when he was surrounded by all these big dogs uh-huh. of just this idea of like he thinks he's a big dog, and a lot of small dogs think that they're big dogs, but in like a get out of my way, respect my mm-hmm. territory, I'm not a joke. Pippin thinks he's a big dog in the sense that he just genuinely thinks he's about yeah. sixty pounds bigger than he is. Which the good thing with him is he's dense oh yeah so he could hold his own oh yeah against the bigger guys. we had him put some weight on for that exact reason uh-huh. and so he's around he's blowing right around 30 pounds now yeah no, he's nicely sleeping he yeah he's nice he got bit. all of his beans out <laughs> yesterday let me tell you Nice, nice, yeah. nice. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, it's been a big week for us. We finally got our new logo. Um, the new logo, logo. is up. Yes. It looks awesome. Shout out to Courtney Howell. Oh, uh, okay. She is amazing. Yes, Court Tattoos things. Uh, follow her on Instagram. Where she is she looking job. again as far as uh, where she does her work? She is in, uh, what's that plaza, the one that's... Um, downtown village gate yeah oh i didn't know there was a tattoo art parlor yeah in there. yeah it's in the very bottom nice. kind of in the back and okay. uh yeah she did my pizza night tattoo and awesome. now she has done our logo and the logo's fantastic i'll i'll show people at work and the fact that she got my face looking exactly like I know. me is insane i know it's incredible like it's really weird though like i look at it <laughs> and i'm like that is uncanny yeah 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 no but she did a great job no i'm so impressed so thank you courtney yep. for doing such a great job and because uh, of that we have updated on our Spotify link. So anytime you go to find our podcast, it is a different logo. Nerdlinger is gone. Yes. Clip Art Boy. Which, you know what? He lived a good life. He had a good run, man. He gave us, what, three years? Yeah. Three, yeah, about three years. He stood on that wall. four years. It's been almost four years now of... Hanging in there for us. He was our banner man for yeah. for a long time, and it was not really one of those like it was like we all just showed up at the same time, and we were like, we need somebody to wave the flag. He waved I, it. I guess it's him. I don't it. have anybody else. I'm it's not my half-assed attempt at photoshopping. It. It did a, it <laughs> hey, did you did a good job. job. You did, did a good job. job. Uh, but this new logo has been put up, and we're um, doing the YouTube thing now. Yes. Which we have three up now so yeah. far, which is the three segments from last week. Yeah, so what we're going to be trying to do moving forward, I, I say trying because mm. it's not always going to be even. Break the show up into three sections and then upload them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. So each section of the show will go up. You can obviously still listen to us in full, mm-hmm. uh, wherever you're listening to us now. 
but you can also go to YouTube and just listen to one segment instead of having to dig through the two and a half hours. Which is a great idea, and I thought about it more during the week because um, you we rolled it out last week. Yeah, I do watch a lot of podcast segments on yeah, YouTube. Me too. And where at first I'm like, oh well, there's no logo, so there's no, like you can't see us, and that at first I thought that was. Maybe figure out a way to record us. But now I'm thinking about it. When I do listen to the clips, I don't look at my phone. Yeah. I ha- I'll like be doing dishes or something. Exactly. So I don't give a shit what's on. And now we got this beautiful logo yeah. for people to look at. And exactly. You can kind of explore and try and see all the little things that we put in there. We put exactly. a lot of love and a lot of references into it. Oh, a ton. Uh, my favorite is the 80s style letters for uh, the first letter of each not work, but uh, just like that, it reminds me of that uh, WBE whatever from Boston. Yes, on PBS. Well, also, I was thinking, do you ever play um, Blood Dragon, Far Cry Blood Dragon? No, like a DLC of the third game, but it's a kind of a standalone game, and they made it out as if it was like a eighty sci-fi action movie. Oh, and the writing is very similar yeah. to some of the things on there, and I was like, that is yeah. a very cool. I love our logo. Retro. It's I, awesome. I know we just talked about it, but I just love it. It makes me so happy. Well, and the good thing about it is because we have a logo now, I am full bore on getting this website up and running, and hopefully by next week we'll have something that we can look at and tweak. And maybe by the end of the month, we'll have a full-fledged website up with links to us and how you can, you know, more learn more about us and other things stuff, we do. More stuff, more stuff, more stuff. Yes, a lot of stuff. Because yeah. I am trying, once again, to work on... I have three different writing projects I'm working on, but I hope I can finish one of them. I've been trying to finish a writing project that's not a one-act play now for... How old's my daughter? Six, so seven years. Yeah, since my last book was filmed. I, uh, I'm, I'm in that same boat of yeah. like I'm sitting here trying to be productive, and the one thing that is the biggest thing is I gotta sit down and finish the book. It's tough. I've been writing a book for like three years. I gotta it's just so sit down tough. and do it. It's so tough. Yeah. And then knowing that once you get that first draft done. Then the real fun starts, and you have to edit the goddamn uh, thing, which is rewriting 99% of it. No, you see, I'm going to farm out the editing to someone else. They can tell me all the errors they found, mm. and then I'll go in and fix them. I am not oh, reading no, no. this Oh, no, no, I'm book. not talking grammatical. <laughs> I'm talking when you go back and reread it after that first draft. Yeah. Just story errors is then you send it out for the grammatical. Yeah. Because the yeah. story error part was like, daunting on everything I've ever written. I'm like, God damn it, I gotta go back and rewrite yeah. this I gotta move this section and move this chapter and Yeah. It gets crazy. Uh, it's fun stuff. It's it's like football. It's fun this week. No, no, right now no. it's fun. Uh speaking of which I have officially deleted Madden from my Xbox. I don't blame you. I got so fucking mad at that game yeah. for the fifty millionth time that I, I'm going to make a conscious effort. Like, I wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl this year, uh-huh. but my niece wants to have a Super Bowl party at my brother's house, and so it's like, I can't say no to yeah. my niece, so we're going to go over and have a Super Bowl party, uh, so I'll have to watch at least the first half of the game. But, like, I, I'm going to make a conscious effort. I did this once for, like, a three-year span where I didn't play Madden. I really don't want to ever play that game again. It's so bad. I really seriously, like, the only time I'm going to get a Madden game is going to be next August when the one that has Josh Allen drops in price. I'll get that one, and then I don't think I'll ever buy another Madden game again. Yeah, it's so bad. because that, But the, like it has Josh Allen, but then they do these mid-season refreshes, and they change the cover person in the game. Really? Because it, it 
it was it went from Josh Allen is the one that when you booted it up he was standing in the yeah. the selection menu and then it went to Michael Vick and now it's Ray Lewis I believe weird which is when Michael you first Vick boot still... it up you still have Josh Allen in like the still yeah but then when it gets to like the menu scene yeah it's they change it whenever they do like a mid-season refresh yeah that's weird I didn't think you could market Mike Vick even after everything. And not only is it Mike Vick, it's Atlanta Falcon Mike Yeah, Vick. it's classic oh, Mike no, Vick. He's, well, I mean, Ray Allen was potentially a murderer, and he's now yeah. he's, you know, once again, Ray, potentially, I said, I don't want you finding me and killing me. Yeah, no. Um, which he could. Oh, he... That's not a joke. That's no. just straight up. No. I love watching these old videos of people talking about... I saw, what was it? Uh, Ocho Cinco thought he would try to blindside Ray Allen on a block, and Allen just knocked him on his ass. Or not Ray Allen, Ray Lewis, I mean. And he's like, he goes, yeah, I tried to block Ray. It's a bad mistake. Yeah, yeah. You forget how monstrous that dude was. I love the clips that go around that are like, oh, if Patrick Mahomes got hit like this, especially there's one of Brady just getting railroaded by the Bills. By the bills. Yeah, and his helmet went 50 yards, yeah. and he jumps up. It's like, all right, let's go. Yeah, no, I, I love that watching same that. thing, dude. I remember that game exactly. Yes. I know exactly which game that was. Oh, it was a good day. That's why I laugh every days. time they say about how all oh, these modern quarterbacks could play in any era. It's like, no, no they you fucking couldn't. could not. No, you couldn't. You take Dan Marino, he would be the number one quarterback probably in this generation. Joe Montana. Joe Montana, yeah, he was... I think Montana and Elway would be successful, but Marino was more like the, we don't need a running game. I'm just going to throw it 50 times a game. Yeah. And I think he would have 5,000 yards and 60 touchdowns because people forget how good a passer he was. Like, unbelievable passer. I'll admit I'm fully biased. I will never give Dan Marino props for anything. Not even the Isotone I will dig deep enough to be like, hey, you know, Rex Grossman went to just as many. Super Bowls as Marino did. So, like, how great a quarterback is he? How great is he? I know. I know. People have that. They say the same thing about Charles Barkley in basketball. Yeah, yeah. He he only went to a one finals. I know it's a false equivalency. I know. That's not going to stop me from making the point. That is true. That is true. Um, Anyways, we got to roll on. So, we're going to move on to uh, what have we been watching, playing, reading? Yes. Um, I'm going to kick it off real quick with a couple little side notes, and then I want to talk about the the big trailer that dropped. Multiple traps have dropped this week. Um, I have finally, upon his request, very proudly showed my son Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Excellent. And he loved it. Of course. I loved it. And it got to the face-melting, head-exploding scene. And I was looking at him. He handled it. Good. The thing, he got a little sketchy with when the the ghosts first come out of the ark. And there's the, the beautiful face that turns into, like, the demon. Yeah. Freaked him out a little bit, but he he hung in, made it to the end. I might still hold off on Temple of Doom, but I was thinking, luckily, since they're not really in a chronological order, I could technically go from this to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull just because it has Marion in it. No. I don't want to. No. Hey, I showed him the prequels, Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi. That was your first mistake. I know. Um, but like that and The Dial of Destiny aren't technically... Like, the second and third one, you don't necessarily have to show them those two. You should... Uh, we're about to have words. No, no, no. We're going to go outside after I'm this. I'm saying he... I don't think he's ready... 
for Temple of Doom, especially. I maybe I, Last Crusade. I was about to say I don't know about Temple of Doom just because like there's the heart and everything. That, and yeah, it's heart a beating. lot. It's but pretty intense. I think uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, I mean really? the scariest thing in Last Crusade is rats on fire and uh, the guy, the guy aging. aging at the yeah. end. And that's it. There's nothing really There's horrifying. Not and meanwhile, you have Kate Blanchett having her brain explode and uh, Shia yeah. LaBeouf swinging through vines, which I think thing, is though. just as gnarly as anything in Last that's Crusade. That's the thing, though. you got to think of it from an eight-year-old's perspective. No, I don't. He's going to love that goofy shit. No, 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 no. You are making a classic mistake. I know. The most famous of which is never begin a land war in Asia. Yes. Slightly less well-known. Don't show your child movies you hate because you think they might get something out of it. Bad idea. I've already done it with five movies in the Star Wars franchise. Then you don't need to go any further. I can't help it. He wants to, because he sees Dial of Destiny every time he logs on to Disney+. Plus. We can talk about Dial of Destiny, but there is no world in which I you know. should show him Crystal Skull. It's just, I look at it, even though I don't like it, it's part of the Marion narrative, let's call it. She's in really a three-film arc. Oh, barely. I love Marion Ravenwood. No, Don't get but me wrong. But part of her story arc is she's in the first one. Yeah. She gets back with him and is a major component of uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Unfortunately. And then she is his saving grace at the end of Dial of Destiny. It kind of brings his life back into perspective. It's true. So it you really can... is the Marion story arc. But you know what I love about Dial of Destiny? They made it so you don't have to watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and you still get everything. That's true. Everything you that you get. You don't need to see at, a son. To you know don't need to see son. a goddamn thing about Crystal Skull. There's nothing in that movie that mm. is worth time or energy. And here's the other thing: you are the guardian of this child. I it know. is your responsibility to help them find good taste. The beginning of that is right now by establishing firm and understandable boundaries between what is okay and what is trash oh to get on that note though i yes. forgot about this part he was homesick with strep throat this week and the one on wednesday we were both we were both home i showed him his first mcu movie oh really which one captain america the first avenger good that's the one you got to start with i was about to say it's i captain think that's america, the best then iron us. man then the hulk then thor then avengers see i i like the uh the chronological oh walk. absolutely i think the chronological walk is the best way to do it i know that they've polluted it now because you could technically say, well, Shang-Chi, part of that takes place in the past. Nah, and you could say, stupid. part of Ant-Man takes place in the part past. Part of Black Panther and, takes place in it, the past. This is what I'm saying, yeah. is that so many things have been dropped in, that now you're like, well, but where is the timeline, and how do I navigate all of this? Yeah, it's, that's a nightmare. And so, scenario. but I remember doing, leading up to Endgame, doing the chronological walk, and it was so fun. Yeah. Because at that point, the waters hadn't been polluted with a bunch of garbage. But it was it was great, because he loved yeah. Captain America. There's a lot to love. And, I, and then at the end, you know, we did the post credit scene where it shows the trailer, like the coming of Avengers. He's like, I'm like, we got to watch three movies before we can watch that. Yeah. Just so you're aware. He's like, okay. So it's like, okay. Well, two and a half. Well. You got to watch three. You got to watch three. I, see, I always go back and forth on Thor. See, I, li- I like the first Thor. Don't love it. I like it. I like the first Thor. I have my honestly, huh. my nitpicky issue is that the story would be better if Hawkeye had a bigger role. Uh-huh. If the destroyer falls to Earth, 
there's no way Hawkeye is in the state and isn't like, I should go and try and do yeah. anything about this. Uh, but the color correction, man, it's so bad. It really is. And we're going to talk about that with one of the movies we're talking oh about God. today. I can't wait to talk the about The color correction is just awful. Yeah. And you can't see anything. Yeah. And so, like, I... But, like, to me, it always... It, it introduced me... I think that's the first thing as a as a really standout character that I saw Idris Elba in. Mm. I can't remember. Actually, did Prometheus come out before that? I can't remember if it came out before that or not. Uh, um, well, Thor was 2011. I don't think Prometheus did, I don't did, think though. Prometheus had come out. So yet. it's like, in seeing him as Heimdall, I, I love... Him as Heimdall. I think he was still mostly known for the wire at that point. Yeah, I think so too. And I haven't I hadn't seen Luther yet, which mm-hmm. I don't I think that might have been once I saw him in Thor and I was like, I like that actor, I like that character, and then all of a sudden you started seeing him. I saw him in uh, was an American gangster, but he gets shot in the yeah. head by Denzel, yeah. but that wasn't yeah, I didn't know who the fuck he was. Yeah. And so he's my man crush, and I got introduced to my man crush in Thor, so I can't. Well, I have a movie for you. Have you seen a little movie called Cats? Because he plays a sexy, never, slinky little bit number. I will never see Cats. Uh, you're missing I out. I love musicals. I will never see Cats. You don't want to see James no. Corden as the fat cat no, of I town? No, I hate James Corden. What I about, think he's one of the more obnoxious human beings alive right now. What about children's faces pasted on cockroaches? Nope. Eh? Nope. Eh? Can nope. I interest nope. you? I've already seen Pink Floyd the Wall. I don't need to say anything it's weird. Bad. <laughs> I, Cats is one of those few movies where I came in, I was like, this is going to be bonkers. And I sat down and I was like, I still wasn't ready. No. I thought I was so ready and I just wasn't ready. This is stupidly. See, I have people who I trust their judgment when it comes to like more artistic films and musicals. And when they told me don't ever see this movie, yeah, I will never see that movie. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. It's not a good movie. All right, so we got to move on to my big crack. Yes, this is pure heroin to me this week, and it was Ghostbusters, the Frozen Empires, not only American trailer but the international trailer, which we just watched before the drop. This movie looks fucking amazing. I'm on board. Holy shit. I think, like, here's my thing. There is a slight amount. You have to put the salt in the dish and say, listen, they haven't landed this plane the last three times they tried to land it. So, like, well, no, that's not fair to Afterlife. Afterlife is better than I remember. I just really wish the ending was completely different. Yes, yes. But, like, I... I just, I look at them doing this again, and I'm like, I really want you to do mm-hmm. it this time. I really, really, I think you actually have it. You seem like you know what you're doing. You have everything with uh, Winston going on, and you have everything, Dan Aykroyd's character, Ray. I'm very curious. I, I also found it interesting that the uh, the international trailer downplayed Bill Murray so much. Yeah. and uh, but Which it isn't bad. It really downplayed all the OG Ghostbusters, which they were like a major... I thought it actually played up Winston which compared I to the American the one. Yeah. Because he was downplayed so much in the original first Ghostbusters. The second one, he had a major he had a bigger role. A bigger role. But um, I, I hope he's like the driving force behind the Ghostbusters. It seems like time. he's the Nick Fury. Yeah. He's put all this together. He's which found all these resources. Awesome. And he's brought in all these scientists to help. I love the idea that they've uh, started partnering with the ghosts to try and better learn things. Because that was always one of those things that, like, back at the beginning of the internet, everybody would talk about it and be like, 
is the are the ghostbusters really that different from the tea party because it seems like they don't want federal regulations they want to just do whatever they want and they have these crazy dangerous weapons and they don't really think about what they're doing they just want to be left alone to do what they say is necessary and i was like huh you know, it's not the worst argument I've ever heard. Well, in the 80s, like, they were definitely a product of the 80s. Oh, yeah. Because it's like the 18. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we're going to do what we want, and we're going to save people, but we're going to do it our way. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a product of the 80s. But, but one of the things that I was excited for is that the man with no dick is back. Yes! And he's like the mayor. Yes! Which I am like, Walter great. Peck. Awesome. This is awesome. Yes. Yes. Did I'm, you get that? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I love it. I when yeah, when he started talking in the first trailer, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I can't believe it. William Atherton. I mean, I'm I was happy because I there's been a lot of people, you know, R.I.P. Uh, uh, Carl Weathers this week. Yeah, there have been a that lot just of people happened. That have been dying recently. Yeah. And to remember that William Atherton is still alive. Actually, was like I thought he was dead. I, thought I he was genuinely too. thought he was dead. Because I figured he would be in things. Because he was like in his 40s, maybe yeah. late 40s in the, the OG Ghostbusters. Yeah. Same with Real Genius. It's like, yeah. he was not a young guy. And now, he, like, he still looks pretty good. Anybody who has never seen Real Genius, go and find it. Oh, yeah. It's a very interesting movie. I, I, I love the, that movie. The main character, I think, is like, they don't address it this way. But you could make an argument that the main character is gender neutral. Because, like... They are so anti-masculine in a lot of ways. They, they he, don't even look like a boy. He was anti-masculine, but he did a... Like, they made it try. Like, he really wanted to get with women. Yeah. And so they made that, like... they. I, I think they just found a person who... Like, really laid into that. Like, you believe this person is a nerd that doesn't leave. Yeah. And it just happened that he had very effeminate quality. I, well, especially next to Val Kilmer, who's yeah, like yeah. David Lee Roth in that movie. You know what I mean? Like banging everything and did everything. Yeah, freezing yeah. the floor exactly, of the entire dorm. Exactly. I love that fucking movie. Uh, it's a though. good movie. It's a Kent, good movie. Stop playing with yourself, Kent. I, I love you the are, popcorn at the end. I love the... Uh, oh, I popcorn's love, great. I love the weird, creepy guy in the closet. Oh, every, oh Hollyfeld. Yeah. Laszlo Hollyfeld. Yeah. No, every time I hear Tears for Fears now, I think about that ending in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back to Frozen Empire. <laughs> um, I'm, I'll tell you, the, the thing that has me almost equally as excited is seeing that they are melding the old and the new generation, it seems like, from the beginning of this film. And it's not going to be like the Ghostbusters showing up at the end type of deal. It's like they're actually going to be a part of the storyline throughout. I love Pat Oswalt. Um, I was going to say, I'm so Pat happy Oswald. he's here. Like, they have this cameo with Camille Nanjani, and I'm like, okay, all right, fine, whatever. But then Patton shows up, and I'm like, we are fucking in, kids. And he looks like he could become a regular. Yeah. Which, dude, He I'm fits that Ghostbusters board. mold so well. Yeah. And I just, I'm so excited. Yeah. I, and, like, he is, like, the he's kind of as close as you can get to, like, a modern day nerd god, you know, yeah. like if, even if you go back to the Parks and Recreation uh, speech he gave, where he was talking about what he thought the yeah. the next first Star Wars movie was, actually Book of Boba Fett and all that, and like a lot of his story beats yeah. up until you know Thanos comes, Thanos comes, and all that, and integ- integrating yeah. Marvel into it, he was pretty spot on. He and was I still very close. To that once a year, I'll watch that because yeah. it was so brilliant. Well, for me, it always goes back to one of his early stand-up comedy specials. He's talking about Jesus' superpowers. Yes. And he's like, this is the weirdest group of superpowers. So you have, like, the necromancer powers, and you can't die, and you bring people back to life. 
awesome. And then you can take a little bit of food and make it into a lot of food. What? What did he call the X-Men Hamburger Joe? (laughs) (laughs) Sandwich Joe. Sandwich Joe. That's what it was. Do we need Sandwich Joe? I feel like we don't really need him anymore. Oh, fucking brilliant. I yeah. love it. I love it. But yeah, so I'm I'm completely on board with this movie. Without a doubt. I, I, I am preparing a list to them to bring next week for potential watch and reviews that we'll have for this coming. First I should week. also do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think one. we should do that and then yeah. compare. Yeah. This is 1,000% on that list. I think so. And it has one of those special earmarks. The, the time of year has changed over my life. For when you kind of look and you can gauge, this is coming out now, it's probably going to be bad. This is coming out now, it's probably going to be good. So, like, the very first movie of May, usually pretty good. Not always. I remember when Wolverine Origins came out, Mm, that was the first weekend of May, baby. Uh, It used to be that movies in April were terrible, but that's kind of change now it changed a lot with the mcu with some of their better ones coming out the beginning of may end of april uh you had still january is still the graveyard there's nothing good in january unless it's an oscar movie that is finally hitting wide release uh and march is now july 1.0 it's fucking huge and it's the first series of blockbusters of the year come out in march now and some of my favorite movies of the last few years have come out in march and i'm just like Ghostbusters comes out at the end of March. This could be really good, kids. No, I'm excited. Yeah. I can't fucking wait. So what do you got going on, buddy? So I did finally watch Gentlemen. Nice. Uh, I do like that movie. Great movie. It is, uh, I will say, uh, it has that English roguish racism (laughs) all the way through it. Uh, So if if that's going to be a bother for you, be aware of that. But I do love just kind of the grime, the, the clean grime. Mm-hmm. of that movie where everything and everyone is so prim and taken care of and there's some really cool stuff like the the smokeless barbecue and all this other stuff but uh everything is gross and terrible mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but i i just love the flow and the way that that movie builds and crescendos mm-hmm. uh and it's definitely the best role Hugh Grant has ever had period it is except Sometimes his voice got a little grinding on me. He's so gross, and that's like the point. The point is that he's supposed to be this gross guy. He's as gross as watching Eddie Marsden scratch his own ass. Yeah. Like, listening to Hugh Grant talk, you're like, I hate the way this guy talks. But it's funny you said that because the guy that plays off him, I think this is the best Charlie Charlie Hunnam role. Anything he's ever done. Well, and he does this really nice thing. There is one moment where it breaks, but they kind of do it for effect. Where they imply that he's very prim about everything. Mm -hmm. And everything has to be just so. But they never put a label on it until he has to go to the junkie house. Yes. And then he starts getting this twitch in his eye. And Matthew McConaughey is like, I don't fucking care about your OCD. Mm. You're going to get over it and you're going to go do this job for me. And that was like the only time that they put a label on it. And, like, the rest of the movie, you can kind of pick up those seeds as you're going yeah. and understand that this is kind of the, the feel of what's happening. Well, I like happening. how you put that. It's true. It's like he's prim and proper, but he has that underlying feeling that he can be extremely dangerous when yeah. necessary. Yeah, yeah. And that is very well done. That's one of my favorite moments is when they're outside doing the barbecue 
And he's like, Can I, do you want a steak? If you're going to be here and be a pain in my ass, do you want a steak? And he uses this as an excuse to go in and call the boys and everything. Uh, but you, you go in and he opens up this freezer and there's just this dead Russian yeah. kid in it. And you're just like, that's right. This guy's a gangster. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Um, that I, was such a great scene. I love Colin Farrell in that movie. Oh, he's His fantastic. whole thing is so good. And this is the best thing is when I saw this last year, I had just seen the Batman and I said... I think his penguin is my favorite character he's ever played until I saw this. I was like, fuck. I just love when he's in the sandwich shop and the, the, oh, little, the, boys. the little roughers come in and he's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Are you going to stab me or are you going to dance? What are we doing? And I just love, I, I love the, the reveal at the end where his boys think they're going to do him a favor and kill this mob boss and instead accidentally save the mob, save boss. The mob boss which is amazing <laughs> and it just i it just crescendos really well it's a yeah. really everything dovetails really well there's a few moments where you're like wait a minute what happened i, I was watching really closely and yet i feel like i missed mm. something um but i just i really enjoyed so it good. it was really good i did want to touch on uh first and foremost not foremost uh there's a few things that are coming out uh sonic 3 is dropping which and jim got, carrey is back which a lot of people were wondering since he said he retired after idris elba one. and everything yep. um they have a quote-unquote trailer out which is not a trailer yeah, no. um mega mind has a new movie coming out which i don't understand uh and it looks terrible yeah. not just in the sense that the writing looks bad and the acting isn't great the actual animation is atrociously oh, bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, back in the day, this would have been, like, Return of Jafar direct-to-DVD yeah. yeah. movie. Like, I don't know what's going on with this yeah. or what DreamWorks executive said, it's okay, we can put this out. It looks so bad. Yeah, it looks It looks terrible. so bad. Uh, but I did want to mostly touch on the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. So good. Which is uh, Henry Cavill, yeah. our boy, and Henry Cavill, going out, sticking his tongue out, and doing ungentlemanly things in the name of the British Empire for Prince Wesley, of all people. But I, I like this. This is uh, Matthew Vaughn. Yes. And guy that did Kingsman. Argyle, which is coming out. Argyle, with... Kick-Ass, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so I'm I'm very interested in this. This looks like a lot of fun. This looks like kind of an anti-Mission Impossible and uh, I, if it's anything like The Kingsman, the, the third one with Ray Fiennes. Mm -hmm. Which I, is Which is great. Awesome. I think that this Go could be Go back and listen amazing. to our past episode on that. Yeah. But I think this could be a lot of fun. I'm very hopeful for this. I just want this to be stupid fun. Yeah. Nothing serious. Just kind of like a, somewhere between a Magnificent Seven and a Dirty Dozen. Yes. You know? And I love Henry Cavill so much. Which makes me excited about this. Because I think he's underappreciated as an actor because people saw him as like Superman and they see him as. They think as that Geralt. he's just this character actor, yes. Superboy, where he just gets muscular and that's all he does. But like you can see in this trailer a little bit, some of his comedic timing yeah. is so well done that you're like, this guy really yeah. is just super talented. I haven't seen all of it, but I watched some of Nola Holmes with Kelly. It's good, the and, first and second one. The second one he's in more of. And that timing you get to see, yeah. especially when they're starting to realize, like, oh, our cases are the same case. It has similar feels to Donna and the Doctor looking yes. at each other through the window and being like, what are you doing here? That was the only thing I wasn't... I, I And it's not his performance I didn't like. He's just such a massive person to be Sherlock Holmes. You don't 
envision Sherlock Holmes as like the rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so seeing Henry Cavill in this suit and he's just this massive <laughs> this big dude, guy. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Look, Robert Downey Jr. boxing, but when he puts his clothes on, he still looks like a scrawny guy. And when you see him boxing in that one scene, he's boxing against a guy that's much bigger than him. Yes. So it also, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. is a little bigger than I am, so he's mm. probably like 5'9". But, like, when you see him up against somebody who's 6'4", 250, 300 Shows pounds. Shows using his strategy Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, this movie looks awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. This movie looks really And Matthew awesome. Vaughn has that same kind of Guy Ritchie energy yep. of, like, it's going to be dirty, it's going to be grimy, you're going to feel kind of bad about some of the things you see, but, oh boy, it's going to be fun. The only thing that I'm concerned about with Matthew Vaughn, and it's just something I heard about Argyle. Mm-hmm. Is I heard a review on Argyle, and they said, you know, it's it's Matthew Vaughn through and through, but kind of like the issues you have with some of his movies, he overutilizes CGI, and the CGI does not look good. Yeah. And so that kind of, like this movie that we're talking about with Cavill, it's more of a period piece. Yeah. So I'm hoping there's less of a need for where Argyle is more fantastical. Yeah. So I can understand why you would need to use CGI in more scenes. Same with Kingsman. But... That's my only concern, is yeah. he does utilize that a little too much. It can be a little heavy, especially, like, I remember in Kick-Ass, the moments when you have to have a CGI thing happen, you're kind of like, okay, this is fine, but it's still not as good or as enjoyable yeah. as, like, so I'm thinking of the jetpack at the end versus Hit Girl going down the hallway. Mm-hmm. These are two moments at the climax of the movie, one of which needs a, a ton of CGI, the other of which is just practice and effort. And I think the practice and effort one is more engaging, although the CGI jetpack is a great reveal. Mm. It is a great moment. Of that life. is. Fuck yeah. The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. I got confused. I've been so on a Matthew Vaughn craze. This is directed by Guy Ritchie. Is it directed it's by Guy directed Ritchie? It's directed by Guy Ritchie. Okay. I, and I knew that. And I was talking about Matthew Vaughn, thinking about Matthew Vaughn, and when you brought up Matthew Vaughn, I just kept thinking about Matthew Vaughn. Well, I also thought it was Matthew Vaughn, if it's any kind of It is a Guy Ritchie movie, and I also want to bring up Alan Richson, who plays um, Reacher in the Amazon show, is a major part of this. And I can't wait, because I fucking love that guy. And he is, imagine Henry Cavill in that Mission Impossible movie he was in, but twice the size. Yeah. And that's what Alan Richman is. So well, I'm excited for him in this movie. My my favorite thing about him, he's a wrestler, right? He must be like an actor no, no, no. or something. He was he's just been an actor his whole career. Really? Yep. He's just a big guy. He's just a massive dude. Yeah, because he has like big wrestler energy of somebody who's been well, he, lifting weights for a living. Showing him in movies prior to re- when he got the Reacher show he was a big guy, but he was nowhere near like. But when he got Reacher, he said, "I know I got to get huge." Yeah, and he he built a gym in his house, and all he does is work out. Wow, him, and he's a monster. See, like that's what I appreciate because, like, that's that's the dream, right? We we've seen that with Dread. We call it the Carl uh, Urban law. Yes, of like if you're gonna be a character, you have to be the character. You can't be some version of the character mm. who shows his face all the time or is very worried about them being seen. I always go back to Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2, mm. where for some reason he decided to show us all what it looks like when he really needs to shit. Mm. And I'm just like, man, you could have just kept the mask on. <laughs> it would have solved all these problems yeah. if you just kept the mask on. I love that he came in and like after everything with Tom Cruise was like, 
Look, let's let's actually have this well, character. No, he, he said something great in an interview. I know this is a huge tangent, folks. He gave Tom Cruise all the credit because he said, if he never made that movie, do you really think this TV show would exist? Also true. He goes, it got the name out there mm-hmm. and gave me the opportunity. And he, what I really appreciated going off of what you said is he looks at this as this is my show. Mm-hmm. And I will do this as long as they want me to do it because this is mine. I am Jack Reacher, and I I will you know this is my career starting off point, and I appreciate it. And it's like that's so good. That's to the about. dedication I want to see because yes. like Carl Urban does that where he's just like, I am not here to make my face more mm-hmm. famous. I am here to play this character, yep. and oh man, it's I wish so more people did that. I just want I just want a Spider-Man movie where they never take off the mask. When he's like in the costume, he never takes off the mask. Like I just want one. I don't think we're ever It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It'll never Listen, there will never be any superhero product of any kind where for some reason the superhero is fully in their costume sans mask. Yeah. It will never, happen. never happen. That will be in every superhero thing forever and not like in a secret meeting we all know each other's identities so we don't need to have the masks on in a i am somewhere where there are a million security cameras and it definitely can in any way impact my life to suddenly take off my mask that is supposedly protecting me from causality to any of my actions i agree i agree yeah we got a lot to talk about. Yes. So are we doing... Uh, Let's start with uh, Justice League, okay. since they got booted last week. That's true. And then we'll roll into Rebel Moon. Oh God, I can't wait to talk about Not Star Wars. I can't wait to talk about <laughs> oh, All right. So we're going to be rolling out our... Uh, the thing that got bumped last week we're going to be starting with today, and that's our review of the new DC animated feature, Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. one. We're going to have a through line between these two movies... Yeah. And it's abrupt endings. So you'll learn with us. We love DC animated films. Yeah, if, if you, you go don't back, know this, you haven't listened to You haven't been paying attention. Yet. And if you have not seen DC animated shows because you think they're for kids, uh, you need to fucking watch them. <laughs> uh, I have a boy for you. His name is John Constantine. Yeah. And he will change your mind yes. about that. Yes. Um, so I got to admit. Yeah. Not in love with the animation style in this movie. This one, I mean, this whole universe. So to anybody who doesn't Mm. know, DC has had these animated movies for a little over 10 years now. They had an entire universe that crescendoed with John Constantine sending the Flash to reset the universe because the entire universe was dying. And so he was like, fuck it. (laughs) What have we got to lose? Then there's a transition period into this new style. Mm. And the idea is that uh, this new style is the universe rebooted after the Flash went back and Mm. whatever he did. Which is why you have the Flash and this weird hobo who is definitely not John Constantine. Uh, That's so (laughs) childish. It's like, dude. Just say who he is. He's very clearly John Constantine. If you don't know who that is after watching this movie, then you fucking need to go back You weren't paying attention. No, there there is a, a Constantine movie, Constantine in the House of Madness or something like that. And it ties both universes together. Uh, it's one of those DC showcases where you have like four other pretty middling stories mm. and then one that's okay. And this is the one that's okay. It's not bad. It's about John being punished for 
instigating the end of the universe and you know basically harming the natural order of the multiverse in mm -hmm. doing so and that's how we know that this hobo is john constantine not only because his magic looks exactly like john constantine's but also because if you've seen that you know that he is picked up by the specter at the end and kind of told you're going to shepherd doomed worlds as your punishment for destroying this part of the multiverse and i i did like that section of this movie I like the idea of how the storytelling is done, where it's non-linear. You're just getting kind of pieces flying by. I do think that becomes a problem by the end of the movie, though. It does. I think as we go, it's good. But at some point, I think right around the time where they actually meet the monitor, uh -huh. I was like, I need this to be a little clearer because this feels extremely yes. rushed. And, like, we're only getting half the story. I, I agree. Like, the first half of this movie, I truly was grasping at what the hell was going on. Because mm -hmm. it was too jumpy and too much of, I'm just going to turn and all of a sudden I'm running through the time force and I'm back in this spot. And you're like, wow. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Like, I understand having to do this jump, but you got to make it a little bit more... It was it was okay. Cohesive. I I saw what they were doing, and so I was able to kind of follow it. But at the same time, by the end, I was like, this is not enough. Mm -hmm. This is not enough for me to kind of run on. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. I like it for, like, the Amazo stuff and the forming of the Justice League and the Criminal Society and all these other things. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it works in those sections. But after a certain point, like, conceptually within the body of the plot, the mm -hmm. idea is that the Flash no longer experiences time in a linear manner. And so since he's our kind of narrative audience surrogate, we're following the story through him. We also do not experience the story in a linear narrative, mm -hmm. which is fine if done well. But by the end, I just felt like you're introducing so many things mm -hmm. and you're trying to get us engaged in so many ideas and whether they're Easter eggs or something else, it just doesn't coalesce because this entire time we've been having the story told mm. specifically and only from Barry's perspective. And now we kind of have these moments that are outside of Barry's perspective. Mm -hmm. And you get just kind of this muddled mess where you're like, there should be more room to breathe here. Mm -hmm. We should have gotten to this point in the story 20 minutes ago. And there, I mean, there were a couple times where, especially when the Superman are working together, and I'm like, I can't remember what universe that Superman's yeah, from. Yeah, that was a real issue. Was like, I, I can look and I can see, okay, that Black Canary and and the Hour Man and probably one of the Wonder Women, mm. they are from the Justice Society of America movie where the Flash goes into this parallel time. Mm which was one of the first ones in this universe that they came out with. I can follow that. Who is this Superman that's dating Wonder Woman? Is Have we met him? Do we that's, know yeah, him? Yeah, I can't. And it, it, just, it was just a little too far out of reach. It was like how they kept on cutting back to Bruce and Dick and Huntress. Yes. And you were kind of like, man, I really want to care. But you have done no work for me to actually care about what's happening. So I want to care so 
badly, yeah. but I can't grasp what you're trying to tell me because I have no frame of reference. Mm-hmm. You know, have they been spending a lot of time together? Have they been getting dinners together? Have, you know, because we know that this Bruce has kind of decided he is alone in his mission. Mm-hmm. We see him give up Dick for adoption, which is a great moment. I thought that was great. I love seeing those mm-hmm. moments in a multiversal kind of story where it's like this happened here and it doesn't happen almost anywhere else. I love that. By the end, when Robin comes over and is talking to Batman and then Huntress comes over and then they're having all these conversations, all these conversations, two, mm. having two conversations, these stilted, you know, who are you? Uh, you? You can't believe you don't remember me, Bruce. And then the world's ending and they're like, man, I really wish we had gone to spend more time together. And I'm really thinking about you two while the world is ending. And I'm like, what? what it was just dumb. What's happening? Yeah. I want to be into this, but what is happening? I agree. And I, I got that from Jensen Ackles' performance a little bit, too, which I also had an issue with. That was with. another thing, man. The voice performances were not... Not as good in the as in the other universe. Yeah. The voice performances in the other universe are almost universally better. And that's like... They, they weren't consistent, but they were always better than this. Mm. And I... I wanted to like this so bad. I also anticipated most of this movie being the monitor section, not yeah. just the last 20 minutes of the movie being the monitor section with all this stuff jammed into it mm. after this very touching, very well done flash storyline, which exactly the flash storyline. I wasn't a massive fan of until the end with him and Iris and how they built yeah. the tower stuck in the time force and yeah. they aged. No one else did. And, that was touching. That was good. I like that. I But there were just so many moments. I like watching the crime syndicate try to punch their way out of the, the universe ending. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Good. You know, but like, they're just... <sighs> There were just a lot of moments where I was just kind of lost, yeah. both in terms of the story they were telling, but also as somebody who's watched these movies, where I'm looking back at the Green Lantern movie where mm-hmm. uh, John Stewart, not that John Stewart, yeah. joins the Justice League kind of accidentally, and that's when we meet Green Arrow and Hawk Girl and all these other things, and we see Hawk Girl here, and clearly John Stewart is on the planet, and we hear about the fall of Hal Jordan, and we see Hal Jordan here before he fell, and so you get like, okay, so I can kind of see how all this works, but also. When is this happening? I still have to go back and watch War World again mm-hmm. because I got to the end of War World and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. And then I found out they were doing Crisis. I was like, oh, that's what's happening. And then I watched Crisis. I was like, so that's not what's happening. <laughs> what is going on with War World? And then they reference it directly when the Flash sees the caveman Batman. I'm just like, what is going on yeah it was it was all over the place man and and like you said i desperately wanted to like this movie so bad because you know they've been on a little bit of a weird string lately with their quality ever since unfortunately the discovery takeover yeah i've seen some of them i really like i still think man of tomorrow is great that is capital g great that is great i want to like the uh green lantern beware my power i really want to like it it doesn't coalesce in a very good way but i I really want to like it. I really want to like everything that they're trying to do, where Mm. they're trying to make these big leaps. In Beware My Power, we meet Adam Strange, except that we had already met this version of Adam Strange in that Constantine Mm one-off. So it's like, I want to like all of this, and it's really cool, and it has a lot more structure 
than a lot of these encompassing, you know, not dark universe mm-hmm. kind of movies have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but man, this just like this just tried to be too many things and ended up not telling a real story as as a result. Where you you kind of like not for nothing. We're kind of rehashing Flashpoint for a third time now, Mm. which is fine because we're doing it kind of differently and that's okay. And I'm not saying I don't want The Flash to be your your lightning rod for this. (laughs) I do. I want him to be the central character. I think that's more interesting than Batman or Superman being Mm -hmm. the central figure of the universe is The Flash, who has a very different view of everything Mm. than either of those characters he's kind of in between both of them man i just i got to the end of this movie and i was like you're really banking on that other movie making this make sense because it honestly feels like there are scenes missing from Mm -hmm. this movie that are going to have to be directly addressed does the next movie start with the monitor stuff and we see them building the tower and then it just cuts all the barry stuff and the tower's just done why did the wave increase in velocity all of a sudden? Yeah. All these things that we get because they keep nothing. They keep on. acknowledging that they feel like the wave is being directed by somebody, and it's not just a natural occurrence. But then they don't go anywhere else. And then the monitor disappears, and yeah. the, the Thanos snap happens, and you're just like, okay, all right, I, we're getting a part two, so that's fine. This doesn't feel like an ending. No. And also, I don't really feel like I understand what's happening. Mm. So like. It, like, I can't even tell you who survives at the end of this movie. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. So, like, man, I want to like this movie. Crime Syndicate, I know at least that's They're dead. Died. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> they're dead. They're 100% dead. But, I, man, I just got to the end of this movie. I watched it again this morning because mm. I wanted to, to come into it with a fresh set of eyes. And I just got to the end. And then when the credits roll, you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. What's so happening? Convoluted. Like, even... Infinity War had the decency of showing Thanos looking out over the sunset and you got kind of a sense of like, oh, this story is over and we're going to, the next part is the next story. This felt like we got halfway into the next story and they were like, okay, so this is where part one ends. And it's like, but that, this isn't a good place to end part one. It was terrible. And you know, unfortunately that's the problem with a lot of these movies, including one we're going to be talking about after this, where they want to do these part twos and they want to do these cliffhangers don't necessarily do it well like no. i i'm not gonna lie i'm not a massive fan on how harry potter and the deathly hollows ended the the first one with mm-hmm. Voldemort getting the wand and shooting in the air and it ends like that you know you look at like lord of the ring movies yeah that's a good way to end they it have going. an actual ending exactly you know we can talk about the faramir law and, and how that changes how the second one ends mm. but they have actual endings yes. to the movie. The movie, the story that you're watching, all the lines are tied off. Maybe some of them are going to continue going, but there is like a knot where you're like, okay, so this section is done and yep. now we're moving on to the next thing. This literally felt like they had taken a whole three-hour movie, cut out certain sections of it, decided it was going to be two movies, but didn't put the sections together in a meaningful See, way. See, I bet that's exactly what they did. Yeah. They made a three-hour movie, just put a cut right at the one-and-a-half-hour mark and said, yeah. okay, And go. it just doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. all the stuff with the monitor, I love the conceit 
of like we're going to bring together all these really smart people although again i have questions about how bruce wayne can know the identity of all these people from other realities Mm. it's fine we're not going to get into it because we fucking don't have time and this movie all about time travel and being out of linear space we don't have time to discuss how bruce wayne knows who all these people are just having been in this room for let's be generous and give him three hours yeah you know like i just it was too rushed that scene with the two supermen talking about how diana won't die it meant nothing no it should have meant a lot and it meant nothing because i don't know who this superman is yeah He's not the one from War World. No. So who is he? Have we ever met him? Is he the one that Barry met in the past? Is he Shakespeare? Because if so, you should refer to him as Shakespeare so we know who the fuck he is. Yeah, no, that was the part that really stood out to me. Yeah. Cause, and I was trying to bring it. It's like we were talking about Tenet. It's like towards the end of that movie, same as this. I was trying to bring it all together in my brain to figure out what I just watched. And it just, they they didn't give you enough answers in this one. Yeah. And it made it really unnecessarily complicated. Like, I understand you want to make something that seems difficult to kind of put your arms around because it's jumping between timelines and universes and worlds and all this. But you got to make it at least somewhat tangible to gauge what's going on. Well, and like, if you took either Tarantino movie, Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction... Mm. And you just cut them up even more and made them even less linear Mm. in their timeline. That would still make sense by the end of the movie. Because all those lines are at least resolved in some capacity. Each chapter is completed before you move on to the next chapter. And even if you hadn't done it by the end of the movie, all those chapters would be closed. Yes. We get to the end of this movie and it's just, there's no ending. No. There's no satisfaction to the ending. There's no sense of like, I guess there's another adventure to have. It's more like... Oh, it did work, but it didn't work, and we're not going to get any answers on why. And also, the Watcher, not the Watcher, is gone. Yeah. And I'm just, man, I want to like this, but guys, you're giving me nothing. It's so frustrating. You're making it so hard for me. Like, I can totally see myself watching this again, but that's always going to be my issue. Which now I think we need to wait for that second part to come out and maybe watch them together. Yeah. And see if it does help. I Honestly, my only hope is that... The second part is going to fill in the gaps Mm. of everything that was missing in this one. And then we can kind of be like, okay, if you watch this all as one unified piece. Mm. But again, that's not what you're presenting. You can't serve dinner and have made a full, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. And then say, but right now we're only serving the mashed potatoes and the corn and the cranberry sauce. Mm. And you're like, oh, is it because the rest of the stuff's not done? It's like, well, it's it's mostly done, mm. but we just like we thought that this would be a better way to present everything. And you're just like, but it's missing everything. Yeah. <laughs> what and am I supposed at, to do with this? And you look like a narrative like the Long Halloween that they yeah. just did a two parter. They did a much better job. Yeah, separating Dividing that story. Yeah, yeah. It's like you no. know what to do. Yeah, you're no. just not doing it. It just didn't. It just didn't work the way I really wanted it to. Also, not for nothing, your Justice League is full of dicks. Oh my god, it's like, so like, terrible. <laughs> just all, all of them, they're yeah. all guys, and then you have one woman. And I'm just sitting here like, even if... s S&M outfit from the 1950s. Even if I give you Martian Manhunter as a gender non-conforming figure, 
Even if I give you that. There's still five other men on this team. <laughs> give me Zatanna. Give me... Hell, I'll take Mary Marvel at this point. Well, and they've done a better job in the past of integrating Hawkgirl. Yeah. Into more of these. And it's like, how about her? Where was she? Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It's weird. So let's hope. Let's yeah. hope for part two. I really hope it gets better. I really hope that it goes back and fixes the problems. Because the parts that are good, I really like. Yeah. It's just the parts that are disappointing are just disappointing none of it's bad there's just large swaths that are mm. deeply disappointing and you're like oh i like this i like that we're talking to amazo mm. to try and resolve the issue but uh man i wish that this had a better ending and i also wish that the writing for zachary quinto was better yeah because his lex luthor isn't necessarily bad but the writing for it is so bad the writing's bad and i'm glad you brought up amazo because it's like i want to more of like that storyline and like that's such a I, I we were talking today because kelly was watching it with me and she was like oh no this character's name is amazo i'm yeah. so sorry and i'm like here's the funny thing amazo shows up fucking everywhere he's fucking everywhere yeah. and so you always have people being like oh it's in an amazo or watch out amazo is here or here's my gift in amazo yeah. and i'm just like all right i i at this point i've become a nerd to it it's kind of like unobtainium and avatar you're like oh you couldn't think of a better name well to me it's like it'll always ring with clarity as i was in a production of yours Anne, which if anybody doesn't know is the musical rendition of the diary of anne frank and oh i was assistant director for this at mcc it was one of those things where yeah it was one of those things where the first time you heard the songs you were like oh and the second time you heard the songs you're like man these are bad and then the 90th time you heard the songs, you were like, yeah, baby, let's go. And that's kind of Amazo for me. I'm like, yeah, it's Amazo. How's this oh going to go today? God. Is this one of those Amazos that we can talk to? Or yeah. is this one of the Amazos that just smashes? You know, I don't know why it popped in my head, but the only thing I could think of is that they redid Knocking on Heaven's Door with Knock, Knock, Knocking on the Attic Door. And that's all, I, like, one of the songs I can think about for that. That's all, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> All right, so you ready to have a little fun? Yeah, this is going to be interesting. So this is our review of the Netflix uh, film Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, written, directed, and produced by the one and only Zack Snyder. Zackman Snyder. I have come up with an equation for Zack Snyder now. Yes. It's half Uwe Boll and half Michael Bay put together. (laughs) Because when I watched this movie, I was getting vibes from both of those directors. I won't lie to you. While I disagree about Uwe Boll, I did think immediately at the beginning of this movie of, what's it called? Under Siege Tale or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Uh, No, uh, like a King's Tale. King's Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it's called. No, if you go back and it's, what it is is Uwe Boll had this way of getting these massive stars to be in these movies and give the worst dialogue and the worst acting of their entire careers. In the name of the king. In the name of the king. Thank you. And in this movie, I'm watching people like Jamon Hunsu and Sophia Butella, you know, names uh, Charlie Hunan, a- Anthony Hopkins, who was only voice work. But, you I know, thought that was him. But these are like big name people, and the, the dialogue and acting is so fucking bad. I mean, we're not even going to talk about I'm going to let you kick off the 
a thousand percent blatant ripoff of Star Wars. Is this, this Star Wars? Is. This is off-brand Star Wars. I went through all these. Unbelievable. And I picked up some Magic Treasure cereal that's definitely not Lucky Charms. And I picked up some uh, fucking duplex cookies that are definitely not Oreos. So you're saying this is the Costco Star Wars? And I, I picked up some Rebel Moon, which is distinctly different from Star Wars. Dude. I, okay. How blatant. I, I'm going to say this. I didn't hate this movie. Oh, I hated this I, movie. I, I generally give this movie a like a B minus. I don't want to overscore mm. it. It does have some serious problems. Oh We're gonna get to the third act, because oh my god, that third act is a, it's just it's it's full of decisions. Yeah. Uh I'm a sucker for Magnificent Seven storylines, and this is big Magnificent Seven energy and kind like, of. They, they go around, they have to find these warriors to protect these farmers against this one evil that they definitely can't take on. And so there's no real reward, but you're going to help these farmers. And it's like, that is mag- that's that's literally the plot of Magnificent Seven. And, you know, I like Sofia Patella. I really, really wanted to like her character. Her it's, character was kind of stuck in neutral for so the first bad. 20 minutes of the movie. And I like the creature design. I like the look of some of this See, movie. See, and that's the part that this is a big Zack Snyder thing. Some of the CGI, like the robot. The robot. Is the, so well done. The griffin. But then like, some is so bad. Like the yeah. green screening in a lot of parts is horrible yeah no there were definitely moments where i was like, like even oh, the yeah. first shot of her working the field with the the jupiter like moon behind her it's like that looks terrible i mean they're I, they're on a moon and, yeah. and that's the planet but it's like that looks so bad yeah well and like i we we started talking a little bit about color correction i had to change the settings on my oh, tv yeah. because i could not see anyone's faces like i don't know what 90 percent of this movie looks like without the color grading change that i put in because i literally could not watch the movie with the color settings as they were yeah. it was making me so crazy to be like man i can't see anything in this room oh shit i can't see anything outside either i hope that i'm not supposed to be picking up on complex emotions on characters faces yeah. because i can't see any of them and it just Ah, guys, directors, we can't watch your movie (laughs) if you color grade it so drastically. Like, you look at 300. 300 Mm -hmm. has drastic color changing, right? The the color grading on 300 is its own goddamn thing because they're trying to make it look. But you can still see what's fucking happening. Yes. And they use contrast (laughs) to make it so that even if you really want those deep, dark shadows, you can still see what's happening. Here, I, for the love of God, I could not find a way to, to see yeah. what people's faces were, what their expressions were, you know, and, and there's a lot of that you kind of... You couldn't see Modoc's face? I was going to get... I was going to... I was going <laughs> to... When, when he showed up and the, the, the <gasps> giant uh, Nazi ship is hanging overhead, oh I was like, God. what are you going to do, Corey? What's your plan, Corey? What are oh we going to do? God. What are we going to do about this? See, I, I going on the color correction thing, I am 100% behind you and I'll tell you why. Yesterday when I got home from work, the family was at a party that I didn't get out of work in time. So they weren't going to be home for a couple hours. So before I watched this, I had a little herbal help getting relaxed after work. And it freaked me the fuck out some of these scenes. I'm like, (laughs) what the? Like, are my eyes? Like, I didn't have my contacts in anymore, but I felt like there was something wrong. I was like, what is? 
You're right, man. The color, like, I understand you want something to be colorful and beautiful. You want to have it be dynamic and, like, you want that saturation. Uh, But when you saturate all the colors, you saturate the black. And when you saturate the black to a certain level, you can't make out any distinctive sharp edges. But here's the thing. I was thinking about it just now. This is also indicative of a lot of the characters in this movie. Yes. Where there's a lot of characters where the color grading is just wrong. And you just can't get anything out of the character because you're just like, I can't see them. The the prince that we meet, who's definitely not Conan the Barbarian. No. <laughs> He's somehow not, even though he looks just like Momoa's Conan the Barbarian. I, I like his stuff. I like his scene. I, I like the morality of a lot of these characters. I don't know anything about them. Mm-hmm. We, we find out he's been locked up Anakin Skywalker style, and he's just working off some anonymous debt, and we're told that he failed someone, and so he has this big debt over his name, and now he's, you know, he, he frees this beast, and he flies it around, and they're, you know, that scene was pretty good. I like that scene. I like the creature design of that scene, so that kind of carried everything off god help me i don't know anything about this guy besides i know more about his abs than i know about his personality you get gunner at the beginning who's kind of the audience surrogate he's just like the everyman uh-huh. so he's the one that like saves them at the end because all these heroes still need to be saved by he's the everyman. everyman but it's like god damn it man can't you make a movie that makes just the people look dirty it's like they're so well manicured and clean. Well, it's even and part beautiful. of the plot. Even even like in the plot itself, the Nazis show up and Francis from Deadpool. Ed Scrine, which <laughs> why why give him that fucking haircut? I why don't. give him the mo? The the whole of his character design I did not like. You, right? you didn't like the the octopus that was sucking him off in that one. That scene? was weird. I didn't mind. I don't even that. know what that was about i i can only imagine i've seen enough hentai to know where this is going yeah but like i you know what i really hated was his tie that went into his belt buckle i hated it yeah i hated it so much (laughs) i saw it no one else in this entire movie has worn a tie no one else at any point none of the officers none of the higher-ups not in any of the flashbacks never has anyone wore a tie why in god's green earth does francis suddenly look like he works out of the 1950s in yeah. a madman office. Like, I, it just made me so mad. <laughs> like, very irrationally angry. I hated it. It was, yeah, his character was not And I just, like, we get to the end and I, he's still not dead. And you have all this bullshit malarkey with Kara, Koras, Koras, not Kara. Koras. Because there's a million Koras and there's a million Koras. Uh, man, if you have a science fiction or fantasy thing, you better name your main character Korra, because I can't tell you how many fucking Koras and Karas there are in science fiction fantasy stories. Way too many. So many. Way anyway, many. you have her adoptive father, who we find out extremely little about. There's okay. an info dump of all info dumps, and we still find out almost nothing. And here's the thing now. This is okay. So we, I, I want to start. I want, I want to, to, to go off of what you just said by going to the beginning of the movie. Yes. Skip the whole part where they showed the big ship slowly going by the screen, and Anthony Hopkins' voiceover was a scroll. So that was like 100% it was a scroll. I've seen, I've seen that done much better. That in, in opening part with the introduction of Cora and the whole group and yeah. the over sexualization 
of like, oh, they're just you need to have you need to have sex tonight to make the plants they grow. They kept on doing it too. Yeah, they kept on talking. It was about uncomfortable. It. it was weird. But now here's the other thing: her adoptive father, because she was the age she is when he found her, pretty much. Because you get from the flashback that she was this age, yeah, pretty much when he finds her. So he's just a lonely old guy that finds this attractive woman, brings her back to the house, and then when she closes her little drapes and starts taking her clothes off, I'm like, what is going on here? The the least effective drapes you've ever seen. Oh, no, yes! Like, it's like, maybe if he, if, if it was like a Superman thing and he found her when she was a kid, but you're like, no, he found her like a week ago! Yeah. And he's alone and he's a dude and all they do is talk about fucking, and then she's gonna start taking her clothes off with no drapes. I was like, what? I was so like... I have no idea what the fuck is going on. No, in this. Well, like it was just, I was just thrown off from Corey at the feast, being like, "We need to make a sacrifice for the grain to grow." Everybody, fuck, yes. find a partner and fuck. fuck. And I was like, "Okay, this is pretty bold." And then we get deeper into the story, and Cora's telling us about her history, and she's like, "Yeah, I joined the army," and the army was like, "Everybody, fuck, find a partner and fuck." Yeah, and I was just like. Okay, this is interesting, and I can kind of see... I like this argument that they know that at some point imperialism isn't going to be enough of a driving factor, so now you have to have skin in the game. The best way to have that is to have a relationship with somebody you see every day. So now they're saying, like, oh, date co-workers, because that's going to make you care when you don't care. It's still really weird to have so many sex... I mean, like, I'm sex positive, but it's really weird to have the father of the village say, Everybody fuck! It should have been called Rebel Moon Part 1. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. It was like... And that was jarring to me, that whole opening part. Because I'm like, I feel really uncomfortable with what's going on, especially with... The, the father figure and her getting nude. Like, you, you only see her unbuttoning the top, but you know what's coming. Yeah. And you're like, then even he kind of mentioned, like, why aren't you with this guy you right now? You should be out there partying. Fucking. And it's yeah. like, you know what he means when he said you should be out there partying. It's like, why aren't you why aren't you horizontal right now? Well, and they, they set up that there's this hunter that she may or may not be interested in. She's yes. not really sure. That hunter means nothing in the entire plot. Nothing. No, he goes away, and we never hear from him yes. ever again. Because instead we got Gunner, who's kind of like the, I got a plan, ah, 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 and then it blows up in his face. Yeah. But like I was talking about before with the color grading, I don't know anything about Gunner. You know, we have this whole moment where yeah. he's looking out at Cora plowing her field. Yeah. And then he goes and talks to her about this guy that has a crush on her. And I'm just sitting here like, is this her brother? Are they friends? I agree a thousand percent. And the, and the longing looks that not only he had looking at her, but then when she's going back and forth between the two of them at the feast... And you're like, what is going on? Well, she gives some of the same looks to Sam, the girl that's almost raped by the army guy. That's true, too. And I'm just like, so what is going on? And then when the, the robot is telling Sam the story, it's like, is she the princess? Well, and like, the, the whole robot thing threw me off because I thought the robot was going to be a character. No! No, the robot's after he not shoots a character. Dude, he runs off. And he he gets a flower crown. Yeah. He, he saves the day. He runs away. And then he comes at the very end, like the last shot of the movie on the yeah. planet. It's him with these weird antlers he's crafted out of sticks. Yeah. And I'm like, what the f- it's, 
I know you guys have a part two, but this, you guys gotta Dude. do better than this. Come on, this makes no fucking sense. Why did we spend all this time with this robot, who is clearly important to some plot, who is not in any way important to this plot? Yeah. Like, what is happening that we have all of these interactions? The other character I had that with was the good cadet. Uh, Arise or Ares or whatever mm. his name was, the good one that fights by her side. I was like, oh, so he's going to be... No! What happens to him when all the other army guys are killed on the planet? Does the village take him in? We don't know because we're literally never shown anything. Yeah. And I was just like, what the, the fuck is going on? You know why that happened? Because usually those kind of things would happen in the third act of a movie, but the third act didn't happen in no, this movie. Not at all. This movie has a big fight scene that kind of stands in place of the third act, yeah. and then nothing else to the point where the characters are openly commenting about how there's no third act to this fucking story. And I, I get it. There's a part two. But I'm going to tell you the same thing I told yes. Marvel when they did Homecoming. That's not an excuse for bad storytelling. Yeah. You can't be like, we're going to get to it later. No, 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 no. You need to do more than that. You need to do more than introduce and spend a lot of time on this concept and then just fully dump it, but then bring it back at the end and be like, ah, you remember? You remember that robot? Uh -huh. you remember that robot you think was going to be important? It's not, but maybe he will be in the next one. Why the fuck did we so meet him in this weird, one then? What the so fuck was the point weird. of this? And like the whole Bolisarius breaking a hippogriff for the guy so he could get his freedom. <laughs> I was like, he, so he 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 got Buckbeat to let him ride him. That's yeah. pretty much what he did. He knelt and showed it's like it was like watching Harry get Buckbeat to ride I, him. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I like that scene because like he he has the whole moment where he's like nobody understands either of us and he's speaking in his home language instead of English and like I like those moments. I like him quote unquote breaking the hippogriff. But like but see, what by I didn't the end like of the movie, about it meant though, nothing. What I didn't like about that, it's the 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 guy that owns him is pretty much like, if he could just break him, I'll let him go. And then he gets him to let him ride him. And instead of saying, as soon as I ride him and no, he's, I'm just going to, he's like, no, I just fucking go. Yeah. And then, of course, the thing fucking kills him. And you're like, wow, shocking. That was the dumbest fucking, like, I was, I, I think that's the thing about this movie. It made me mad. Yeah. Because it was so fucking stupid. Yeah. In so many spots. And it's, it's honestly the thing that I've seen a lot with Zack Snyder now. I'll watch his movies and I'm like, you don't need slow motion. I mean, I understand. That's your, that's your lens that's flare. That's his bread and butter. Yeah. That's your, your J.J. Abrams lens flare. But fuck, it's annoying when you use it way too much. When he uses it well and it's shot well. Uh, there's one scene where it, I think it's part of the flashback mm. and he has some slow-mo in that scene where she's storming the gate and there's bullets flying past her. It kind of looked like uh, Gears of War where I, she's like hiding behind the thing. I like that. I like that use of it, but I agree. There were moments, especially towards the end, where when um, Blood Axe is mm. running up the crane, it looked like he was running in sand. <laughs> like, yeah. He did. It had no motion. It had no momentum. Yes. Had no feeling of urgency. It looked like he was just running on a treadmill. And I was just like, I don't think this looks the way you want no. it to look, and my in dude. Fact, I just saw that scene last year in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. When he was jumping at the dragon. Is I mean, it almost looked identical as far as like the way they had him with the spear and the shot and everything. I was like. 
fuck, you really going to fucking do this? And it's like, it's tough because I like a lot of the design elements of this. Mm. I love the lasers. I thought the the melting lasers were so cool. Yes, that was where cool. Where they aren't like a standard laser beam. It's more like you're just firing a pellet of lava. I was like, all right, I like this a lot. This is really cool. The stuff with the army guys being left behind mm. and you have kind of this dichotomy of the two sides. I was like, okay, this is really interesting. I kind of like this. The the weird scorpion scorpion holding devices mm. that they have Those that paralyze people. I was like, okay, I like this. This is cool. The the bridge for Charlie Harlem's ship I thought was cool, that everybody kind of stands mm. on the bridge instead of sitting. I was like, all right, I like this. This doesn't look like a million other sci-fi things. But then you get to the story and you're like, but this this literally means nothing. Yeah, no, it's so fucking Like, bad. nothing happens of, of subs. I mean, like, it does and it doesn't. Because it it kind of all happens out of order in a weird way, where you have the inciting incident, you have the refusal of the call, she finally decides to get involved, you have this pretty good fight scene, Mm. and then they leave the planet, and a lot of the characters we thought were going to be important, they're gone. They will never come back. Mm. So now it becomes this Magnificent Seven story of we got to find these rebels, but we're also going to try and recruit a bunch of people, and I like the Japanese swordswoman... Against the spider Except monster. Except her intro, though. Yeah. It's like... That was weird, where they're in the elevator. lightsabers, and you're not going to use them for the majority of the fight, and then all of a sudden at the end, for dramatic effect, zap them up, and you end the fight in two seconds. And she it's also like, has robot hands. And it's like, none of this has gone no. into. And you're just like, I, I feel like somehow we're spending a lot of time on nothing. Yes. Like, there's obviously stuff going on, and I feel like we get into some of it, but I feel like we only kind of glancingly get into it. We mm-hmm. don't actually take apart anything. We don't find out that she had her own children killed in front of her until Francis tells us at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, guys, I, this is not good storytelling. No. And, like, I can appreciate this idea where they get uh, ambushed, and uh, it's basically like if Willow ended at the castle instead mm. of the, the second castle that they go to. Mm. It ends at the castle with the trolls, and then there's just no bed morta. And you're like, that's weird. Right? It's weird. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And I can appreciate this idea of like, oh, we blew up the big dreadnought that was hovering over the planet. That was a problem. And Ed Skeen is now maybe dead, maybe not. And we're just going to pack up and go and pay our guys in grain, I guess. Because I guess, uh, I guess everything worked out. And the characters are even walking on the moon. They're like, man, this would have been a good place to die. They're like taking off plot armor. And like, man, this would have been a good place to die. And I'm like, so you know there should be a third act. (laughs) Like everybody, we all know there should be a third act. And there's just not. Yeah. And it was just, it was just strange because it felt like it took its time with a lot of good stuff. I, I don't love an exposition dump, but I thought the flashback was done about as well as you could do something mm-hmm. like that. I think that there's a better way to introduce all those nodes into the story than just doing a giant expedition dump over fire. Uh, but, like, I didn't mind it. It was okay. I can get past it. I've seen more egregious. Man, you guys gotta not just dump out at the end. I give this movie a D. Mm. reason I give it a D is I agree some of the visuals are stunning but a lot are not. Mm-hmm. And the story is so bad, and the acting is so bad, and the story is not only bad, but it's so blatantly picked from multiple oh, yeah. films and franchises. Oh, yeah, this has big Star Wars energy right down to its fantasy until it's a Western. Well, the the father-daughter 
um, with her getting abducted is Thanos and Gamora. Yeah. She gets abducted by Thanos. He turns her into Gamora, and then she r- goes against him, and, and then is going to have to fight that. him in the final scene. We don't even see it. Like, of all these things in we don't, this flashback... Yeah, we don't see her getting away. Yeah, of all the things in this flashback that were walked through with, like, like a like ocarina of time, just kind of, like, taking yeah. your hand and walking you through the plot, they don't actually show her sin. Yeah. Like, what has caused her to go into hiding... They, they, they tell us what it is. A, yeah, they tell you it's because she saw the because she the she was supposed to take killed. care of the princess and the princess died and then the king and queen died yes. and everybody blames her. Okay, but we don't see any of that. Yes, We're just that. told it. Yes. And I'm like, ah, man, ah, there's this weird rule in cinema called show don't tell. Yes. And I just feel like you're showing us a lot and not telling us enough of anything. And then the movie just kind of ends, and I'm just left being like, so I guess all of this will mm-hmm. be resolved in part two? I don't know. This doesn't this doesn't feel satisfactory in no. any way. And it, it, it has gotten to the point now where it is so obvious that when a movie of this scale goes directly to Netflix, it's because they know in the theater it will bomb like John Carter. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching this, I was like, there's no way this movie would have made a fucking cent in the theater. It would have had like a good opening weekend and then just yeah, bombed. and then nobody would have seen it again yeah. after that. Because it, it really like the writing. Zack Snyder has got to stop writing his movies. Yeah, I would agree. If with that. he wants to direct visuals, you know the 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 slow motion once again too heavy handed, dude. Like you said, there are good uses of it, and then right after the good use, it's followed up by a bad use. Yeah, like almost right away, and you're like, "Fuck, dude!" You know, and almost nec- the whole movie would have been done in two hours instead yeah. of two and a half hours because of fucking slow motion. That's I will say this isn't as egregious as three hundred, where three hundred oh, is no. literally half the movie is in slow motion. A fun fact: if you take all the sections of three hundred and you play them at full speed, I think the whole movie is. I want to say like 55, 60 minutes. It. It's not long. I believe it. So this didn't have that level, but it had enough that this took a movie that should have been an hour and a half long and turned it into a two and a half hour long movie, which still somehow didn't satisfy not even on close. a bunch of levels. Yeah. And it just, man, I, again, I didn't come into this being like, oh, I don't want to watch Rebel Moon. It's a Star Wars ripoff. I came in being like, let's see what you got, right? Because, you know, I love Indiana Jones and I love The Rocketeer. One's a blatant ripoff of the other and mm-hmm. I don't care. It's fine. I will take it. It is good enough and he has a cool enough coat and a rad fucking helmet and I will take it. This, I came in, I was like, show me what you got. Be better than Shane. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's that's my level. Don't be Shane. Yeah. Don't have a character like Joey, who I remember all these years later. I haven't seen Shane in over 15 years. I still remember Joey. Because I fucking hate him. Fucking I hate fucking Joey. hate Joey. Joey fucking sucks. All right? And, man, I don't like to disparage anything that comes from Gene Arthur. But, God damn it, your son is terrible. Yeah. I, I look at this movie and I was like, I want to see what you have. And that's why I like the production design and the style and the feel of it. I uh-huh. like the costumes. I like the look of the whole thing. When I can see it, I still had to change the whole color grading. Like, let's not take that off the table. I changed how the movie fundamentally looks so I could watch it in a more pleasurable sense. I, man, you can't just deliver a third of a story and say we'll be back for part two yeah. and have that be like, oh, that's why all this shit doesn't make sense because there's going to be a part two. That's not an excuse. No. You Listen, when you get to the end of Empire Strikes Back, do you feel like it's a satisfactory ending with another adventure coming? 
Or do you feel like there's still a shit ton of loose ends that you don't fucking know anything about how they're going to come down? Yeah. Because they were literally thrown up in the air and then the juggler ran off stage. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, this is not a show. This is not a show. I want to like it because it looks cool and it feels cool. And the acting is, for the most part, pretty good. Man, the writing and the directing, it just doesn't go anywhere. No, it's so bad. And it's the sad, like, this is a good example of what this type of storytelling is nowadays. Yeah. Sci-fi, fantasy, unfortunately, unless you're getting some solid animated ones, are this flashy, let's be as... Fl- and that's kind of what I liked about Dungeons & Dragons a lot, is you were a little more invested in the characters. But this, it's just like, how much flash can we throw at the screen, and we're just going to take bits and pieces, because I went into it looking for the Star Wars references, which slap you in the face pretty hard. Oh, yeah. But then it's the references from other films that I kind of caught me off guard where I'm like, Jesus Christ, like this is, there's barely anything unique about this. Especially yeah. after the cantina scene. I was like, they had a full cantina scene. They had a full fucking cantina scene. They had a full scene. cantina scene. I was just like, Jesus Which, like, I, again, I like parts of this movie. I, I One of my favorite things to do is kind of talk back to characters as things are happening <laughs> and pretend I'm part of the scene and kind of like get into the movie that way. And I got a lot of good moments like that. Just like, I don't mind that it tried to be Star Wars. I mind that it didn't tell a good story. No. Star Wars. For as basic a story as it is, is still a good story. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie doesn't end when they leave the Death Star. <laughs> There's a whole other thing that happens after mm-hmm. that. And this movie ended after they leave the Death Star. Yeah. Just... See, and I think this is a, an example of the negativity of putting a film like this on Netflix. Is If it was a direct-to-theater film, it would have to have had a better finale to ensure a part two. Yeah. Where this, I believe it was just sold as two parts. Yeah. And Netflix is like, here's the money, make your two parts. So he didn't have to have that satisfying ending because he could be like, we're making a second one anyways. Like it'll fucking stream 20 million in the opening weekend or something like that. So people will see it regardless if they like it or not. Yeah. Kind of like the Adam Sandler movies. Well, and it's like Netflix because everything on Netflix is kind of the the mainstream. When it comes to streaming services, Netflix is like the one that everybody knows and is comfortable with. It's the Facebook of streaming services. Pretty much. So you know that it's going to get clout and it's going to get toys and it's going to get attention and it's going to get trailers and it's going to get flash. It almost, to me, seems like Zack Snyder went in to Netflix and said, okay, you know the Snyder Cut? I'm doing that, but with my own sci-fi fantasy series. So imagine my version of Star Wars done like the Snyder Cut. And Netflix was like, okay, is it going to be five and a half hours long? And he and Zack Snyder was like, yeah, that's my plan. Netflix was like, can we cut it in half? Sure. You cut it in half, but these are not equal parts, my dude. No. And like, I, I want to say Army of the Dead did really well as far as streaming numbers. That was a shit movie. And yeah. it's like that's the proof is in the pudding right there. With That's the problem with these. Is you don't need to necessarily have a cohesive story as long as it's flashy enough to get eyeballs on the screen. Exactly. And that's the worst part. It's yeah. like, God damn it. Because I did go into this knowing all of the feedback that went into, you know, the negativity about it being like Star Wars 2.0 and all that. I went into it wanting to like it because there hasn't been a a sci-fi film like this that has really nailed it in yeah. a while. Oh, I agree. And I definitely wanted to see this, and it was... God, I'm such a fucking letdown. Especially, like, a sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's only one movie 
where you can sit down with people and argue is this a science fiction movie or is this a fantasy movie and it's star wars and the answer is fantasy because if you take all the commiserate parts the tropes from fantasy are about double the tropes from science fiction it's fantasy in space yes if you phrase it like that then all the stuff that you consider science fiction suddenly becomes part of in space Mm -hmm. and the rest is just a fantasy story this has a lot of those elements right down to a farmer having to escape from a nazi-like regime who are a senator took over power of it yeah and became the leader yeah Jesus Christ, yeah. just fucking call it. And, and it's just like, okay, all right, this yeah. has a lot of the same feel. I like the look. It has lightsabers, but kind of as an afterthought, most people use guns. Okay, this is interesting. This story goes nowhere. It's yeah. stuck in neutral the entire time. And I'm just sitting there like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Because I love Magnificent Seven as a storyline. I love it as a concept. Mm. The idea of finding a bunch of wayward heroes who aren't doing anything right now but are good and honorable enough to step up and say, I can help in this situation, let me help in this situation. Yeah. I love that fucking story. And it just means nothing by the end of this movie. And, and I, I have it up on my tablet right now, and they keep replaying like scenes from the movie. And as I'm watching it, and I'm seeing like the actors, and they're, it made me remember there was something I saw this week where they were discussing the negatives between digital cinema and film mm-hmm. to where digital just looks too clean and it looks too perfect. And I'm looking at the, especially the male actors, and it made me think about the good sci-fi in the past, like Aliens. The Space Marines weren't jacked. Mm-mm. They were, you know, muscular, but they weren't ripped. And they look dirty, and they look normal, and that's believable. And I'm looking at these guys that look like they stepped out of a GQ magazine mm-hmm. without a speck of dirt, a little bit of water, not even sweat. Their hair is, looks ama- amazing. They just got They're out of the They're completely ripped, exactly. Their yeah. abs are, they have a 12-pack. And it's like, I think that's another thing that I'm getting kind of tired of. It's like... You don't need them to be jacked. You just need them to look like dudes. I mean, Conan the Barbarian didn't even wear a shirt. He just had, like, this shawl that he would throw over his shoulders every once in a while. Also, going back to what I've heard about from Henry Cavill and others, Mm. that dude must have been so dehydrated for every scene he was in. Oh, Because that's how you get that level of muscle definition, is you don't drink water for, like, 18 hours. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, look how my muscles look. And it's like, man, you must have been feeling like shit the entire time you were filming this movie. Out in like a desert area. Yeah, yeah. And no shirt, so when it is cold or windy, you don't have anything to put on. I I don't hate this movie, but I can't give it a passing grade because it's just not good enough. I, I give it a passing grade in the sense of like, I like a lot of the commiserate pieces, but the whole of it, the whole of it is like a... C plus B minus Mm -hmm. when the second part comes out, it might get better. I'm also not going to grade it that it, you know, that's its own thing. That can't be, you know, the salve to this one is like, man, if you didn't like this one, wait till the second one. And then that's going to fix all the problems from the first one. That's what people said about homecoming. When I was like, Mm -hmm. he's not web swinging. They're like, he'll do it later. That's not an answer for him. Not web swinging here. Well, I'm glad we, we pushed, the crisis to this so these two movies are together because they have the same problem. the same exact problem exact I, was, problem I was thinking about that coming into yeah. the show of just like both of these movies carry you through and you're always like okay where's this going where's this going where's this going and then they just end and they say come back for part two yeah. you're like that's not an ending i really i mean i'm gonna be honest i'm i'm a f- I, I was kind of before this done with Zack snyder 
But now I'm officially done with Zack Snyder. Like, I've never been a massive fan of his. The only movie of his that I could say I really love is Watchmen, especially the director's cut. There are movies that I've liked. Yeah. And then most of them I didn't like. Like, I'm not going to lie. I actually didn't like 300 because I thought it was just fucking goofy. I Um, like 300 in part because it's goofy, but also it just has... It's a good action movie. The action sequences are really dynamic. See, it is, except for the slow motion. I think that's the thing that gets me. I'm not a big fan of slow motion. See, the slow motion to me makes every hit hit harder Mm. in 300. I'm thinking of that scene where a guy just runs full speed into a shield Mm. and bounces off. And you see him bounce off in slow motion. And it's just like you have a, a, a harder sense of everything. Mm-hmm. Everything feels more dynamic. But this movie felt more like Sucker Punch than it did 300. Yeah, that's true. Like th- there's so many Zack Snyder movies that if you go back and you're like, ooh, ugh, oof, oh, that was bad. That's not great. Mm-hmm. And this is just it's, just, it's just not there. No. It's, it's not bad. And it... Arguably, if you watched it with just music in the background, it'd be a really interesting and dynamic watch. Mm. But I still don't think that's even going to solve the problem of the end of the movie. Why don't we grade this in Siskel and Ebert talk? Because you, I can't tell if you're a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I can't tell if I'm a thumbs I'm up a or a thumbs down. I'm a deep thumbs down. Like, I am thumbs in the dirt. So I can't tell if you're a sideways thumb. I think I'm sideways on this because, like, it's it's right at that line. If a C-plus is a passing grade... This is a C plus, maybe a B minus, because I really do like the creature effects. Uh-huh. But it's weighed down by so many issues that I can't give it anything over a B minus. Even gotcha. a B minus feels like a stretch. Hey, this is Alfred, the editor, coming to you from Beyond the Veil. Uh, I realized literally as we finished uh, shooting this that I, I did have a grade for this. It's I for incomplete. It's what this movie is. It's incomplete. And uh, that's not a good grade, but uh, maybe they'll make it up next semester. We were to grade it on the, the Jeremy John scale. Mm. Where would this be? Uh, more fun with alcohol. I think that would, I think that would be I it. don't know. I had more fun with the yeah, no, slight inebriation, and I did not have fun with the Yeah, movie, so. no, it's true. Uh, it just freaked me out. Okay, so, well, that was our episode, folks. We really hope you enjoyed it. Episode 126 is in the books. Uh, once again, we are going to be working on a website. Hopefully, we'll have it up in a couple weeks, and you'll be able to get a little more information on us. Um, if you want to know more about the show, though, please go back and listen to past episodes, because we really lay it out. Yeah. So you can find us Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast sites. Um, and now you can find us on YouTube, so make sure if you wanted to, you know, if you have your phone out and you're watching YouTube, go to NerdPod Generations. Ring the bell. Yeah, please, <laughs> ring the bell and subscribe. For not only the YouTube, but also for the podcast. Please yeah. subscribe to the podcast. We would love to build up a subscriber base. And if you want to, go to YouTube and comment if you would like us to upload old episodes, because I'll start working on that. I'll start, I still have the hard files. I can go back. There are a lot of people that would like to hear our Obi-Wan Kenobi This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I can break out. It'll take a lot of work, so I need to know that there is going to be some kind of goal line at the end. Yes. But if people want, I will happily go back and edit those so that they are down to 30 to 50 minute long uh, cookie-sized snacks. Mm. And in the meantime, you can find me at jetsumstudios.work under the Bronx Division tab. And next week is Groundhog's Day. Yes. Yesterday was not Groundhog's Day. No matter what the earth or the government or gods above or below tell you, yesterday was not Groundhog's Day. Next week is Groundhog's Day. Yes. 
Yes. And we are going to have a Groundhog-themed episode. It's gonna, I'm actually really excited, excited for this. About it, I'm really, I'm really, really excited. excited for this. But uh, please uh, listen to the show. Check back next week, and I uh, hope you have a good one. Yeah, we'll see you next week, friends and enemies, for some polka. Yeah!